so excited to be able to come alongside uh, Pastor Dan. Man, Pastor Dan's been on fire the last few weeks. Amen. Man, he's been preaching some amazing messages. And so I'm really excited to continue in this series. And today, as we've always said, you know, this series is really a marriage series, but it's for everybody. It's for whatever relationship you might have. And I don't know where you find yourself today, but we'll get into that. But I really believe that this could apply for you right now, or maybe it's going to apply for a future relationship that you're going to have. But hey, we're just so glad that you're here. You're a part of this. I would encourage you to take notes. Hey, you get a better seat in heaven. Uh, That's not true, but hey, you should still take notes. But man, we're just so glad that you're here. And I want you to find the book of Ephesians because today we're gonna talk about love in action. This is sacrificial love. This is what I wanna talk about. And you know, we've, we've said that this is for everybody, but today's gonna feel a little more marriage specific because the verses we're gonna talk about talk specifically to husbands and to wives. And it says that very clearly. It says husbands do this and wives are to do this. And, you know, we've been asking ourselves the question, you've tied the knot, now what? So you tied the knot, now what am I supposed to do, right? And I know we've got a lot of married people in here. We've got some engaged people in here. We've got people from every walk of life in here, and so I hope today will be helpful. So we're going to read Ephesians chapter five. We're going to read verses twenty-one through thirty-two, and then we're going to break them down together. And I don't know if your Bible has this, but I like to point this out. My Bible has a tagline or a headline right over this section, and it says "Spirit-guided relationships." And that's really what we're going to be talking about today: is what would your relationship look like when the Holy Spirit is the guide, is the moving factor of your relationship, this is what it will look like. And so starting in verse 21, if you don't have a Bible, it's going to be on the screen behind you. It says this, it says, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. For wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For a husband is the head of his wife as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. And as the church submits to Christ, so your wives should submit to your husbands and everything. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. And I want you to notice this phrase. He says, he gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. He did this to present her to himself as a glorious church without a spot or wrinkle or any blemish. Instead, she will be holy and without fault. And in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cares for the church. And we are members of his body. And you've probably heard this at a wedding, right? You've probably heard this phrase, but it says this. It says, As the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. And this is a great mystery. I I think that's so funny. It's like, this is kind of confusing, right? But it is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. I think before we can really break these verses down, which is what we're going to attempt to do, I'm going to give the husbands five things that I feel like you are called to do as a husband. I'm going to give the wives five things that I believe you are called to do as a wife. But before we get there, I think what you have to know, if you don't already know this, and this is more of a psychological proven fact, is that men and women were created different. Amen? You, you've got to understand that men and women were created different, and we actually have different things that drive us. 
We have different things that we need in life. And we could go down a long tangent if you wanted me to. Anybody want me to? Like we could go down a long tangent of what that actually looks like. But this morning in the context of relationships is men need something different than women out of relationships. And women need something different than men out of relationships. I came into marriage thinking that my wife needed exactly what I need. And so I was giving her the love languages that I want, right? Like physical touch, right? Like, and I realized very quickly, it's not her love language. She's got something different that she needs. You see, every man in this room seeks significance. Like that's a driving factor for most men in this room is that you are actually looking for significance. So you want your life to matter. You want to do something that matters. You want to know that you're making a difference. You want to know that you're useful. You want to know that you can control things. You want to know that you are helpful. How many men in this room would agree with that? Like, man, that's the driving force of who you are, is that you want significance. But women are different. Yes, they want to be significant, right? Like they want to know that what they're doing matters and all that. But even deeper than that, most women in this room, you're actually looking for fulfillment. So you're saying, I want the things that I'm doing to actually fulfill me. Like I want to be fulfilled in my life. I want to be filled up in my life. I want to make sure that everything that is happening in my life is fulfilling the deepest part of who I am. And these two things are the driving factors with our relationships. And so everything that I tell you today, actually from the scripture, is going to drive those points home. I know from my marriage, me and my wife have been married for almost five years, and we're still rookies, still trying to figure it out. And marriage is the hardest thing I've ever done. Amen? Right? Married people, you can say amen. All right? You can holler back in church. It's all right. You can talk a little bit. But, hey, it's the hardest thing I've ever done right next to being a parent of a toddler, right? Like, that's like right there. It's really close. But, man, marriage is tough. And it's tough because we come in with so many assumptions, right? We come in with so many things. But this fact is true for me. Like, I live a life. I wake up every single day, and I'm wondering, am I, like, am I making a difference? Like, I wake up every single day. I look in the mirror, and I say, am I being useful? Like, am I good? at what I'm doing? Am I a good husband? Am I a good father? Am I a good pastor? Am I a good friend? Am I a good person, right? Like, this is what I seek. I want to move mountains. I want to step out in faith. Like, I want to do significant things for the kingdom. Like, I live that way. That's the driving factor of my marriage. That's the driving factor of my relationships. That's the driving factor of my life. I need to know that I'm needed. Any other man feel that way? Like, I need to know that I'm useful. I need to know that I'm helpful. But for my wife, she actually doesn't care that much about that. She is the opposite. She seeks being secure and fulfilled. She, this plays out in her life, like her wanting to know that things are taken care of. Like my wife asks me all the time, like, are, is this thing done? Like, is this thing taken care of? Is this something I need to worry about? Or is this thing done? She wants to make sure that she has what she needs. Like that these things are taken care of and that she is safe. And this is the most important thing with my wife is that she is fully loved for who she is. That she's fulfilled, right? That she is fully loved for who she is. Every piece, like every broken thing that maybe she brought into the marriage, whatever the thing is, every part of who she, are, who she is, she wants to know that she 
as loved. And this is for so many of us the way our relationships happen, right? Is men are seeking significance and women are seeking fulfillment. And these are the things that are going to drive these five things that I'm going to give you. But I've got to give you a caveat before we get there. And I've got to say this, and I'm not on staff anymore, so I'm going to say it kind of blunt, all right? If that's all right. But if you don't work, it won't work. So everything I'm going to tell you and everything that Dan has told you, and Jesus himself could walk into this room and tell you all the same things, but if you don't put in the work, it won't work. Marriage takes work, amen? Like it, it takes intentional time. It takes investment. In 2024, we've kind of become obsessed with the idea of return, right? And we've kind of forgotten about investment. And this is so important that you understand this. Is the five things that I'm going to give the both husbands and the wives are investments. They're things that you may not see the return on, for a little while. You might not see it for six months. You might not see it for six years. You might not see it later until later in the relationship, but you've got to make these investments so that your relationship grows to be more like Christ. And so husbands, this verse tells us that husbands are called to lead through love. So what does that look like? I'm gonna give you five things, husbands. I want you to write these down. Your wife will be proud of you for taking notes. Number one is this, is sacrifice. It's the first thing that you are called to do is you are called to sacrifice. You are called to give her everything. All the wives in this room are like, amen, pastor, right? Like y'all gonna be at TJ Maxx later strolling. You're gonna be like, Pastor Ryan said, you were supposed to give me everything, right? Like my wife is gonna use that at Starbucks at some point. She's gonna say, you're supposed to give me everything, but this is what the verse says in verse 25. It says, for husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. My father taught me a long time ago. And, man, he struggled, you know, and there was times he wasn't the best example. But this is the one thing that I'll never forget. And this is kind of harsh, but this is just my dad, all right? So don't blame me. Blame my dad. But he said, this is the difference between a boy and a man. A man sacrifices everything for the people they love. They're willing to work more. They're willing to do more. They're willing to give up more. They're willing to sacrifice more because that's what a man does. That's the calling that is on a husband's life. But a boy fights for selfishness. Well, I want my way. I want to hang out with my friends. I want to play my video games, even though I'm 40, right? Like I want to do this thing, not throwing shade, but come on somebody, like, like, I want to hang out with my friends and do my thing and go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch this game and do that thing. And it's the difference between somebody that is called by God to lead their family and somebody that is leading through selfishness of, I need everything to be about me. And I know that there is a man in this room that's saying, well, that is all I do. All I do is sacrifice, right? All I do is give, 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 and I don't get anything. Good, keep doing it. Because that's the call that is on your life. And I know you didn't come to church to hear that, but that's the call that is on my life. As a husband, as a father, as a man, that is the call that is on your life to sacrifice, to give up your life for her. The second thing is this, is that you are called to sanctify. 
What this means is this is a really complicated word to just mean that you're supposed to help her grow. We see this in verse 26. It says, to make her holy, this is the reason he gave up his life, to make her holy and clean, washed by the cleansing of God's word. Let me ask you a question, husbands in this room. Are you stunting your wife's growth or are you helping her grow? Like, are you stunting their growth or are you helping them grow? I like to say it this way. You should be the reason that the garden has all the water it needs, not the reason that all the plants are dead. Amen? Right? Like, you should be the reason that all the plants are beautiful and growing and have everything that they need, not the reason that there is a drought in the garden. Amen? And for so many of us, we don't take this responsibility and we're just say, well, my wife isn't growing and my wife isn't the person they're called to be. And then we start saying this thing and Pastor Dan talked about this earlier in a message that the grass is greener on the other side. No, the grass is greener where you water it. The grass is greener where you put in work. The grass is greener where you put in time. And this is what this is talking about is that we as husbands are supposed to help our wives grow, but I need to add something because you can't twist this, is it's not to help them grow to better serve you. It's not to help them grow to be a better wife to you. It's not to help them grow to be more like you. I, I came into marriage thinking that I was gonna help my wife understand me to the point that she could just do whatever, right? Like she just knew me. And I realized very quickly, my job as a husband is not to help her become more like me, it's to help her become more like Jesus. Because how many of you know when your marriage has two people that are pursuing Jesus with everything they have and both of you are pursuing and becoming more like Jesus, then your marriage will look like Jesus. And that's the intention of marriage is that you would look like Christ and his bride, that it would be that kind of of relationship, and I want to make sure that you understand this, is your wife is not only gonna grow from you. Like I know that I can only help my wife so much. Like I can only help her understand certain things. Like she asked me a lot of questions and stuff and asked my thoughts on things and whatever. And I'll be honest, I, I have learned lately that, man, my wife needs somebody that's further along as a wife, as a mom, as whatever, to come alongside her. And I've got to give her the time. I've got to give her the space. I've got to give that space so that she can go and be around that person, be around that leader, be around that person with more wisdoms because that's going to help her grow. That's going to help her succeed. Husbands, maybe you need to watch the kids for a little while and you need to let her go meet with somebody that's going to help her grow. Wife, say amen, right? And this is... The call on our lives is that we are to sacrifice and we are to sanctify. The third thing is this, is we are to serve. We're to care for her in every way. We see this in verse 28. It says, in the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. What we're really talking about when we say serve is that you are to care for her in every way but the way that would practically lean is that you would do more than is expected of you. I know a lot of husbands in life that it's like, I, I do what she asked me to do. It's like, she really ain't asking you to do that much, right? Like you gotta take the trash out sometimes. Like 
but she's doing everything else. The question that I ask myself all the time, and I, I try to do this as much as possible. I'm not perfect in this, right? But I try to ask myself practically all the time, what is the one thing I can do today that would allow my wife to sit down and take a deep breath and relax? And that's my way of serving is what is the one thing that she didn't expect me to do that I can do that's going to help her sit down, take a deep breath and relax? Because my wife is in, I'm going to accomplish everything. She's going to clean. She's going to get the kids ready. She's like, she, she's not going to ask, right? Like she's just going to go ham and do it because she's super mom. Like that's just who she is. She's going to accomplish and make sure everything is taken care of. And so for me, I've just decided for my life, my way of serving her is going to be, what is the thing that I can do to help her take a deep breath, sit down for a second and relax? And it might be as simple as, babe, I got dinner covered. Taco Bell is on the table, right? (laughs) Like it might be that simple. Like you ain't got to worry about dinner. Taco Bell, here you go, right? Probably not Taco Bell, but something nicer, maybe. But it works for my wife. But find whatever way that you can serve. And I want to say this is don't serve so that you can receive. I know a lot of guys out there, man, you're serving so that you can get something. And we all know what you're trying to get, right? I know it's church, but we all know what you're trying to get. Like, don't serve so that you can receive. Don't bring flowers so that you can receive. Don't take out the trash so that you can receive. My, my son, little three-year-old Aiden, he's crackhead. He's something. And uh, he, he's an interesting kid. And he's just all over the place. He's, you know, always into stuff. And he's the cutest kid in the world. And he started doing this thing when he was about two where he would, I thought he was just being really sweet. And I've come to learn that, like, that's part of it. But it's mostly, like, that he's a sinful human being, right? And he's trying to get something. But he, did, he started doing this thing where he would go to our pantry and he would grab a snack. And so he would grab a snack that he wanted and then he would grab everybody else that was in the vicinity a snack. So he would pick out snacks for everybody. So he'd grab his Cheetos, right? That's my son's thing. Grab those Cheetos and then he'd get my favorite trips, chips and he'd get some candy for Hannah and, you know, all these things. And he would come and he would pass it out. And man, he's just so sweet. Like, Daddy, here's your chips. And I'm like, oh. You're such a servant, right? Like, oh my gosh, you're so sweet. And he's passing all these things out. But now what I've realized is he was building a base to now do it and ask me for things. Like, what is up with kids, right? Like, what is this? And, and his favorite thing in the world, we made the mistake of like letting him watch one Cars, Pixar Cars video on YouTube. And now that's all he wants. Like, he just wants, and he can't say YouTube. He says boo-boop, Right. And, and so he just comes up to me and he'll hand me my snack and I'm like, oh, you're so sweet. But then he does this little puppy eye thing and he goes, daddy boop boop, right? And he just wants something. And I, I think it's so funny. I'm sitting here watching my kid and I'm like, I know what you're doing, bro. Like, I know that you are giving so that you can receive boo boop, right? Like, I know that you are giving this thing to me so that you can get what you want. And we do this as husbands all the time is we give and we get gifts and we go on trips and we buy flowers and we do all these things. When's the last time you served your wife and asked for nothing in return? When's the last time that you said, I'm going to give my time, I'm going to give everything I have, I'm going to serve, I'm going to clean the kitchen, I'm going to put the kids to bed, I'm going to do whatever I got to do and not ask for a single thing 
in return. The fourth thing is this, is that you are to study your wife. Study. You are to know her deeply. I would say this is just for spouses or people that are engaged or relationships in general, is you need to be a student of your spouse. Because your spouse is going to change over time, amen? Like the person that you met five years ago is not the same person that's today. So you have to be a constant student of your spouse. I have a personal conviction of mine. I want me and my wife to be best friends. And I believe that we are. We went to dinner last night with some people that want to be a part of our church. And man, we were so excited and talking and all this stuff. And we were had just put the kids to bed. And we were just laughing in the bathroom, like as we're getting ready for bed and everything about how we are best friends. Like, and I'm not making that up. I'm not trying to be better than anybody. That's just how we feel about each other. Me and my wife are best friends. Husbands, your wife's best friend shouldn't know your wife better than you. Like you should know your wife deeply. You should know what they're concerned about. You should know what they're going through. You should know what their heart needs. You should know everything. Get to know their heart. Men are so focused on the other parts of our wives that we can't focus on their heart. But what if you just focused on getting to know their heart? I, I try to always know the answer. And my wife may not even know that I do this, but I, I have a little note in my phone where I try to always make sure every single week that I know the answer to three questions when it comes to my wife. Three questions. I, I had a mentor tell me to do this when we first got married, and it has saved me a lot of arguments. It saved me a lot of time. It saved me a lot of mistakes, even though I've made a ton. These three questions, if you're a husband in this room, I truly believe you need to have the answer to these three questions at all times when it comes to your wife. Number one is what is her focus right now? Like what is the thing that she's focused on? Like I actually like study what she's focused on because I want to know like where her head is. I wanna know what direction she's thinking. I wanna know what she's focused on because it's gonna help me know where she is, like what is the zone that she's living in? Like, what's the thing? What is her focus? The second thing is this, is how is her heart? Like, that's a big question for me because my wife and I, we've been through a lot. We've lost babies. We've moved a ton. Like, we're now we're planting a church, which is super complicated, right? Like, we've got all the things going on, and I always want to know the answer to that question. How is her heart? And sometimes the answer is not great. Sometimes the answer is She's struggling today. Sometimes the answer is she's going through this loss again, even though it happened two years ago. And you want to know what knowing the answer to that question does for me is it allows me to know, hey, I've got to love her in a certain way today. Like I've got to serve her in a certain way today. I've got to give to her in a certain way today. I try to always know the answer to that question. How is her heart? And then the third thing is this is what is she worried about? Like, what are the things that are bringing concern into her heart? What are the things that are bringing worry into her mind? What are the things that she's stuck on? Like, I don't know about y'all, but like, like my wife in particular, like she, if she's worried about something, like it's, it's like sticky glue, right? Like it just sticks. And so I always want to know the answer to that question. Like, what is she worried about? And guess what, husbands? This is going to be mind-blowing. The answers change. The answers change all the time. Just because you knew the answers last week doesn't mean you know the answers today. Just because you knew the answers 10 years ago doesn't mean you know the answers today. 
Because the answers are gonna change as life happens, but you should always know what is her focus, how is her heart, what is she worried about? And then the last thing is this, is that we are called to stay. So we're called to study, we're called to serve, sanctify, sacrifice, and then the last thing is this, is we are called to stay. And we see this in verse 31. It says, as the scripture says, a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. You are called to stay. Now, obviously, there's a caveat in this, is that if you are in an abusive relationship, if you are in a hurtful relationship, whatever that might be, somebody that's cheating on you, whatever the thing is, that's different. That's a different conversation. That's a different reality. But if it's just hard because you can't agree, if it's just tough because there's some things going on that you don't like or she doesn't agree with you in this direction or that thing or whatever, it's not a reason to leave. We as husbands are called to stay, to love for the long haul. I like to say it this way is don't give up, grow up. Don't give up, like grow up. How, how many of you have ever been on a road trip? You've ever been on a road trip, anybody in this room? Okay, three people have been on a road trip, awesome. And I know y'all been on road trips and you've probably been driving down the road and you've had your Apple Maps or Google Maps or Waze or whatever you use, right? You're, some of y'all are probably still using paper, right? Like you're getting the paper out, like trying to figure it out. And how many of y'all have ever been on a road trip and you just got focused on something else, right? Like you're just driving and you're not really following the GPS the way you should. And, and you get pretty far down the road and then you look down at that GPS or you turn over and you look at it and you realize you were supposed to turn forever ago. Has that ever happened, right? Like you're like, ah, crap, like we were supposed to turn like two miles ago. We were supposed to take a left back there. We were supposed to do whatever. I guarantee not a single person in this room has ever been on a road trip, supposed to make a turn, missed it, kept going and said, well, crap, pulled your car over and said, trip's over. I'm just going to sit in my car and die. <laughs> like I guarantee not a single person was like, you know what I'm going to do? I missed my turn. It's over. You just pull over on the side of the street and you say, this car doesn't work anymore. This trip sucks. I'm dead. Like not a single person has ever done that. There's not a single person that's ever missed a turn and got out of your car after pulling over and just beat your car up a bunch and just punched your car and said, you know what? This car sucks. I'm leaving and just started walking. It's the car's fault. No, what do you do? You find a place to turn around and you get back on track. I see so many people in marriage, they get off track a little bit. They miss a right turn. They miss a left turn. They miss where they're supposed to be going and they act that way. They pull over and they say, well, this thing's dead. I quit. When all you had to do was take a UE, right? All you had to do was hit a U-turn and get back on track. All you had to do was get back on the plan. All you had to do was follow the guide again. And we all know that the Holy Spirit is the guide and the way Christ loves his church is the guide, right? We all know that. And it's easier said than done sometimes to hit that U-turn, to turn around. But a detour doesn't mean that it's over. Like a wrong turn or a bad thing doesn't have to mean that it's over. And as husbands, we are called to stay. We are called to fight. We are called to lead 
through loves. And now wives are called to honor through respect. And I know that this is a lot of content, right? This is a lot of stuff, but I want to try to help you today from God's word, not my opinion. And this is what it says. Wives are called to honor through respect. So husbands are called to lead through love, but wives are called to honor through respect. Well, what does that look like practically? The first thing is this, is that you are to admire. You are to admire your husband, that you are to make the choice to appreciate and applaud your husband consistently. And guess what? They're not always going to be easy to admire. They're not always going to be easy to applaud. They're not always going to be easy to appreciate. But that's not the call. The call is that I'm going to support, right? Like I'm going to admire them. I'm going to make sure that they know that I've got them, that I appreciate them. Second thing is this, is that you are called to empower What this says in verse 22 is it says that for wives, this means submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Submit to your husbands as to the Lord. This means that you have to give them the ability to lead. And I know that the word submit has been really messed up in church, right? Like we've probably been to that church where submit meant something very different than it actually means. It meant my wife's going to listen. She's going to tell me. She's going to listen to everything I say. She's going to do everything I tell her. That's not what this means. Submit here is actually a mutual submission. It's saying that both people in this marriage are going to submit. Like I had a guy tell me in the first service after that he used to do divorce coaching and all these things. And he told me that wives are supposed to to give up their way for their husband. But husbands are supposed to give up their lives for their wives. And he said, that's the best way to look at it. And that's what this is talking about. But you are to give them the ability to lead. Have you ever tried to lead something that didn't want to be led? Right? Like, have you you ever tried to take something down a path that didn't want to go? Like, it's really, really tough for a husband to lead if you are not willing to be led. So you've got to give them the ability to lead. And I want to say it this way because this was the truth for me is that maybe you need to give them the tools on how to lead you. Like maybe you need to give them the tools on how to lead you. I came into marriage, like I said, thinking that my wife needed everything that I need. And so I was talking a certain way and serving a certain way and loving a certain way and doing all these things a certain way. And I realized really fast that she has different love languages. She has different needs than I have. And so maybe you need to take the time to give them the tools because they might not know that they're doing it wrong. Right? Like the men in this room, they might just be doing what they think is right, but you hadn't told them and you're just complaining about it. And it's like, no, maybe you need to help them see that there's a different way. It's not necessarily that they're doing it wrong. It's just this would help if they did it this way instead. The last or third thing is this, is strengthen, is that you are to help make them stronger. You want to know what makes a man stronger? Is knowing that what he is doing is what he does matters and is working. That's how you strengthen. The Bible actually says in Proverbs that women are clothed with strength and dignity. So as you come alongside your husband, that you are to strengthen them, that you are to help make sure that the leader of your family knows that he is doing what he is doing as matters and is working. And then number four is this, is prayer. That you would pray for your husband. 
I can feel right now in the middle of the craziness that we're doing with church planting and all the things, I know for a fact that my wife is praying for me. Like, I can feel it. Like, I just, I know that like she is praying for me, that she's believing with me, that she is for me. And I love to say it this way, is it is really hard to critique someone you're praying for. It is really hard to complain about someone you're praying for. Hey, that you should... Pray for your husband. And then the fifth thing is this, is that you are to compliment your husband. What does this mean? This means to be beside him. I think so many people have used this word submit to mean that a man is going to stand up on a pedestal in the house and he's going to look down at everybody else and he's going to tell us the way this has been done. But God, when he created the helper, he actually took from the side. And we've talked about this before, right? That he took from the side, which means that the wife is supposed to be beside. There's supposed to be a compliment to the husband. There's supposed to be a compliment to it. And you are to be there to help him as the family moves forward. And I just want to say it this way, if it's okay, is don't be the reason the family can't move forward. I've helped people with marriages for a long time, even before I was married, just based on God's word, not based on my experience or anything. What does God's, <clears throat> what does God's word say? And one of the things that I have found for a long time is it's not necessarily that there's this big blown out issue. A lot of times when it comes to what we're talking about here, it's that the wife doesn't want to go that way. And so that's the problem. Even though the husband feels, man, we're called to go this way. We're called to do this thing. But you're called to compliment. And yes, if you have concerns and if you have those things, obviously, man, this is a mutual submission. This is bringing those things to the table. But this is so important for us. And there are similarities in both. And at the core of these things, and I'm going to give you these things really fast, okay? We're about to close. There are similarities in both of these lists. So all ten things... Yes, they look different in the way they are lived out, but they really break down to three things. This is what I like to do. I like to take complicated things. I want to make them really, really simple. And this is what I believe. If you were to say love in action looks like, this is what it looks like, and you can take these things with you today, is that every single one of us, whether we're a husband, a wife, uh, just in a relationship, doesn't matter, wherever you find yourself, is that we are to speak lovingly. I love that last week, Pastor Dan's first point was speak truthfully because I'm just adding on top of that, right? Like we are to speak lovingly. The power of life and death is in your tongue. So be careful what you say. When my wife and I first started dating, uh, dating was tough, right? Like there's a lot of things that were going into our relationship and a lot of things. And I was in ministry and she hadn't been used to that. And there was so many things. And And I decided for myself that I was going to give myself a bunch of little reminders as we were dating and then got engaged and got married and all this stuff that just reminded me who she was in my life. And so I decided that I was going to change her name in my phone in different seasons to just different things so that every time she would text me, call me, whatever, I would see that and it would remind me who I'm talking to. Has anybody ever done that, right? Like you probably got your, you know, boo thing or whatever your thing is, right, in there for your person. And, and, and so for me, when my wife and I first started dating, I had been praying for a wife. I had been praying for somebody to come alongside me in ministry. Like I had been praying for this thing. And so when my wife and I met and, you know, we became a couple and everything and started dating, her name in my phone was times 10. 
And I had so many people that were like, why would you call Hannah times 10? And the reason was, and it's a sweet reason, right, is I had been praying for all these specific things. And when I met Hannah, I really felt like she was times 10 of everything I'd ever prayed for. And so I literally, I changed her name in my phone to times 10 because there were moments that I forgot that, right? Things got tough. We got into arguments. Things happened. We broke up at one point, like all these things And even through our breakup, even through everything that we went through, through all the stuff, her name was times 10. Because I knew in my head at the end of the day, she is more than I've even asked for. God has been good to me. And then we get engaged, we get married, we move in with each other. And how many of you know you move in with each other and you're trying to get used to each other, right? Like you're trying to get used to each other's way of doing things. And I'll be honest, like I'm a preacher, like I'm a communicator, I'm good with words. And so I was like, I would just go there sometimes, right? Like she would do something and I would just say something, right? There's a lot of men like that in this room. Like you just say something and it's hurtful and it's biting, right? And I would say these things and I, I changed her name in my phone from times 10 to daughter of the king. Because I wanted the reminder that every time I talk to her, I'm not talking to my wife, I'm talking to God's child. That she's a child of the king. Before she was my wife, she was God's daughter. And I needed that reminder. Every time she would call me, every time she would text me, every time we'd have a conversation, I needed a subtle reminder to speak lovingly, to treat her as the person that God has called her to be. The second thing is this, is that we are to serve faithfully. Make it the goal to outserve one another. Like what if y'all just came into marriage? What if you came into your relationship and you just said, our goal is to outserve one another. We're gonna serve each other. Like, hey, have some fun with it, right? Like outserve one another. And then the last thing is this, is that you would pursue consistently. Hey, don't give up when it gets hard. Don't run, don't leave. Don't seek other sources, pursue, pursue, pursue. Dave Willis, he's a marriage coach. He's got an amazing podcast if you want to check it out. He says this, he says, real love is when you are completely committed to someone even when they are being completely unlovable. That's what real love is. That's what marriage is, right? It's I'm committed even when this person's being unlovable, even when this person's acting very unattractive, right? Like even when this person is not my friend right now, even when this person, we're at odds, whatever the thing is, like I am completely committed. And I'm gonna give you some action steps that you can take and do this afternoon. When you go to lunch, right? When your wife pulls you into TJ Maxx because I said that you gotta sacrifice, right? <laughs> like when you go, here's three things you can do today is if you think something good, say it. If you think something good, say it. Like my wife, sometimes she'll be like, Ryan, you're looking buff today. And I'm like, girl, I needed that, right? Like, <laughs> like you know what? I'm like, I know I'm not, but like, man, like I, like I needed that. If you think something good, say it. If you think something that you believe would build them up, say it. Like let them know. Don't keep it to yourself. You might not realize this, but it might be exactly what they need to be able to make it through the day. So if you think something good, say it. If you think of something special, do it. This might mean that you got to cancel that guy's night. This might mean that you got to cancel that girl's night. This might mean that you got to change your schedule up. But if, hey, if your wife's been talking about going on a trip for two and a half years and you hadn't taken the time because you're too busy, right, sacrificing, hey, 
If you think of something special, do it. Like do that thing, whatever that thing is, whatever it looks like for you. And if you want something different, here's the challenge. Be it. So many people in marriages and relationships are saying, I want something different. And then you go find something different and you didn't realize that the problem is, is you took you into that relationship. And then you jump to another relationship and guess who went? You. And so if you want something different in your marriage, if you want something different in your relationship, be it. And the ultimate goal for us is for our relationships, for our marriages to look as Ephesians chapter 5 says, that it would be the same relationship of Christ loving his church. Let's pray.